his body beaten, broken, stripped of clothes, stripped of his money, what would you do? Being who he was, would you be willing to help? The first man who walked up, one who was elevated in status, thought of as an elite, busy with his own agenda, busy with his own beliefs, maybe he barely even recognized that he was laying there. He walks right on by. The second guy, still very prim and proper, uh, well-to-do in in, in society's standard, known by the people involved in his community, dust barely having settled from the first guy walking by, I like to think maybe he stops. Maybe he stops just briefly for a second and he looks, you know, something along the lines of what we would do if, if violence or something out of the ordinary was happening. We'd stop and maybe stare. Maybe he stared at him. Maybe, maybe the guy and the man in the road uh, looked back up and caught a glance with him. Nonetheless, that second guy still, same story, tells us that he did the same thing as the other man and walked right on by. Probably thinking to himself, well, glad that wasn't me, or that for sure wouldn't happen to a person like me. Still, the man on the road left there stripped of his clothes, stripped of his money. Would that have been you that would have passed him by? What would you have done? A third man walks up, and this man has no care of status, has no care of similar beliefs, and he walks in with a purpose, and he recognizes this man's injuries, and he knows he can help. He picks the man up from his situation on the road, and he cares for the man in the road. He takes all that he has on him and all that is in him and puts him, puts it towards this man, restoring his life, reaching out to him and crossing all boundaries and barriers that might have been set up. Now, I love this story. It's the story of the Good Samaritan, if you didn't recognize it, I shared it with the kids. I love this story because for me, I, 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 I love that I, I want to be the Samaritan. Like, I want to be the good Samaritan. I, I see myself as the good Samaritan. As a Christian, I want to be the guy that reaches down and, 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 and picks somebody up, who cares for somebody else's needs. We sang a little bit about it this morning, but when it comes to, I want, when it comes to my life, I want to be David. I want to be the guy that slings a rock and kills my giant. And in this case, I want to be the good Samaritan. But am I? Who am I? Am I the priest? Maybe in my position, that's easy for me to relate to. Maybe I'm the priest and I just walked right by. Maybe you can relate to the the priest or the Levite and who he is. And we just walk right by. But why? Why did they, why did the two of them walk by and the Samaritan stop? 
What did they, what, what caused them to have that action or reaction? Why didn't they reach out to the man that was obviously in need on the side of the road? And how might I, how might we avoid doing that same thing in our life? Well, that's what I want us to look at this morning, what I want us to talk about. Uh, If you haven't been here over the last few weeks, we've started this new series called I'm In. And today we're looking at the, at the third of what, of what is our six core commitments as a church. Commitments that we hold to as a church and as individuals, individuals and followers of Christ. So the question that I've posed in the last two weeks is, a, is the same question I want to pose to you. What, our core commitment question for this week is... Am I consistently reaching out to people who are far from God? A core commitment that we hold. Am I consistently reaching out to people who are far from God? One thing that we do is we make absolutely no excuses as a church to the focus that we put in towards outreach, towards reaching people for Christ. Now, you heard me last week when I introduced this idea, but the the driver behind that is that we all belong. We all belong in this room, and so does everybody else who's outside of this room. We all belong. Now, I believe even in our, and we talked about it a little bit last week, I believe even in being aware of that and even trying to live that out, we create what is seen as an us and them. A status of those that are here in the room and those that are outside of here. That aren't here with us as a church. And I think naturally in in really kind of any kind of social gathering, this naturally kind of happens. And so we need, that, that is the driver behind this, is that we care as much about the people who are outside of this place as we do about the people who are inside of this place. Inside of this church or inside a relationship with uh, Christ. We're all the same, and we'll get to that here in a little bit. So uh, I want to take a look at the story of Luke. It's in Luke 10. Some of the verses are up there. I want to just start uh, and read through the beginning of it, kind of set the stage as we get into it. But it's Luke starts in verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? Jesus replied, he replied, how do you read it, Jesus asked. He answered, love your Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, well then, who is my neighbor? And in reply to that, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell uh, into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And this is where we pick up the story today. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. 
So I want to take a look at who is in this story, the characters that are introduced. Uh, I want to look at this because normally I think we'd read over that and we'd maybe read that two, there was a guy who was beaten and robbed on the side of the road and two guys walked by him, right? And then we, probably most of us know the end of the story, the third guy helps out. But we read over that first part and just think, well, two guys uh, passed by and walked, uh, walked by and didn't help him out. But I believe that there's much more content, context into that uh, why Jesus uses this lesson and, and specifically even labels these two men uh, in this story. Jesus mentions a Levite and a priest. I want to take a first look at the Levite. All right. The Levite, um, Levite, they were direct descendants of Le- Levi, who was the third son of Jacob. And we all know what that means, right? No, good, because I had to look it up too, because I didn't know what it meant either. All right, this is what that means. That means that uh, they would directly make up one of the 12 tribes of Israel. So it was directly God's chosen people. And specifically, the Levites were in charge of, uh, to look after the tabernacle, right? Last week we looked at, we gather, and when they gathered at this time, church was called the tabernacle, and, and God actually told them to gather there. So they were in charge of uh, the tabernacle, the church at that time. And they represented, they represented the people of God. They were the church goers of that time, the people who were actually running the ministries, doing the work within uh, the church. But even more than that, they were called to represent the people before God and to represent God to the people. So they were charged with living a life so that others would look upon them and see the life that they ought to live. This is the the life of the Levite. The Levite would be somebody who was looked upon to see how they should live their life. How God desired for them uh, to live. All right? And I believe that that was the roadblock for uh, the Levite. That... Uh, that is what got in his way. And maybe you can relate to this. But the Levite said, the man on the road does not behave like I do. The man on the road does not behave like I do. He doesn't act the same way that I act. He doesn't do the same things that I do. And whoever that is, whoever that man on the road is, we don't really know. Some would say he was a Gentile. Some would say he was a Jew. Uh, There's speculation based on where he's traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, who he might be. But either way, the Levite uh, sees that he's not like him. And so he doesn't want to help out. The other person in the story Jesus uses is the priest. Now the priest... Uh, again, uh, a lot of people, uh, I believe that there's meaning behind why he uses this. A lot of people think, well, the Levites were priests. And what I've found and what I looked at this week is not all Levites were priests. Yeah, sure, some of the priests came from that, uh, that uh, line. So the Levite was part of the priestly line. But not all Levites uh, were priests. All right? And so it's obvious that this man, uh, the, the priest... Was, didn't stop for the, man, the, the guy on the side of the road uh, and, and because he thought he didn't belong. He didn't belong the same way. It's obvious that this man was passed up by the Levite and the priest, uh, and they felt he didn't belong. So the roadblock for the priest would be that the man on the road does not be, believe like I do. 
A man on the side of the road doesn't believe like uh, the priest, like, like he does. And so um, here at CTK, you've probably heard me say over and over, uh, we, we use the words like uh, behave, belong, believe, and those uh, go along to explain uh, the, the, the duration or the, the map out to follow and to come to a relationship uh, with, with Christ. That these words put in the right order uh, are the road to or the journey that we go on, uh, and we'll get to the correct order here in a little bit, but the road that we go on to form a relationship with Christ. So in the case of the Levite and the priest, in regards to reaching out to someone, they had their process a little bit out of order. Whether they thought that the man on the road had to believe or behave first, they both came to the conclusion that he didn't belong and so that he didn't deserve for them uh, to stop. And so they passed him by. And we actually know that it's at this time, early in the church's history, early in the church's uh, life, that this, this way that Jesus is talking, this way that Jesus is teaching, especially in this parable, is, is teaching that all belong. And that there is no segregation, there's no difference between who, uh, who can receive this, uh, this new way that Jesus is, is teaching. And so we can maybe cut the Levite and the priest a little bit of slack in that they maybe don't fully understand the message that Jesus uh, is bringing. But the life that Jesus is teaching specifically through this parable is, is saying that all are welcome. Levite, priest, Jew, Gentile. And Jesus is, is teaching this, and this person, this person who's challenged Jesus, who stood up and say, well, tell me who my neighbor is, is challenging him just with that. That he doesn't believe the same that Jesus does. So this person in Scripture tells us uh, that he stands up, which would incline that Jesus was actually teaching this group of people, and people were gathering to, to listen to him, but he stands up. This guy would know and be well-versed in the laws of the Pentateuch, the first few books of the Bible, and the laws of the land and what they should or shouldn't do. And in a sense, uh, he stands up to almost try to embarrass Jesus in what he's saying and challenge him in it. He tries to show him up in, in, in this public setting. And Scripture tells us that this isn't actually even the first time that this happens, right? Jesus had critics that accused him of hanging out with uh, or being a friend of sinners, right? And they meant it as an insult to Jesus in saying that. But instead it revealed how, how, how much they missed God's message for them. Jesus knew how misguided this man, or these people who are challenged, and how misguided their hearts were. And that, that is what he's teaching through this parable. And then he introduces this uh, fourth character, this third person who walked up on the side of the road into the story. And that is the Samaritan. Right? The Samaritan now uh, saw the man in the road, and Scripture tells us that his heart went out to him. His heart went out to him. And the Samaritan saw what had happened to the man, and he reached out to him. Scripture tells us that, uh, that, that, that this was the man on the road 
It doesn't tell us who he was. It's thought that he is a Jew, and if that's the case, that's a majority belief of it, uh, that they would have by nature hated each other, a Samaritan and a Jew. Culturally, they would have hated each other, but that this doesn't happen. That the Samaritan saw a need, a place, a person, a person, a situation, a neighbor. And, and we got to remember, because this is a discussion that's around this idea of who his neighbor is. A neighbor whom he could help, and he did. So the, the Samaritan says, my neighbor is anyone I am capable of reaching out to. Anyone I am capable of reaching out to. He saw the need, and he saw that he was capable to help out. And not only help, this is what's recorded, Luke 10, 33-35. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and he saw him. He took pity on him, and he went to him and bandaged his wound, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his donkey and brought him to the inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii, and gave him to the innkeeper. Gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. So the Levite and the priest were probably even in this situation more capable of helping this man. But because he wasn't like them, they passed him by. And the Samaritan, on the other hand, went above and beyond even helping him out putting him on the donkey, taking him to the inn, taking care of him, going to settle a debt even after the fact, going to come back and settle the debt. A Samaritan wanted to do that, and he, wanted to, he set aside any differences and any behavior, and the Samaritan just helped when he could with what he had. Now here's the side note to this, because uh, oftentimes, we, well, how can we help out? Who can we, or what does it mean to actually love your neighbor? Like, I mean, I get love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength, but if neighbor is everybody, what, is, what does it actually mean to love your neighbor? Like, is it just uh, slipping a $5 bill at the guy that's holding the sign on the corner? Is it throwing a $20 bill at a cause? Is it um, saying hello and being just super nice, but still keeping my distance? That's not what Jesus calls us to. Jesus uh, calls us to uh, relationship. And oftentimes when it comes to loving our neighbor or serving a cause or helping out, uh, we do what's easy for us. And this is something that we kind of discussed as a group this week in this uh, of pastors as we're, as we're coming up with our content for the message. Uh, this saying kind of rang, rang true to us. Efficiency is the opposite of love. Efficiency is the opposite of love when it comes to helping people out. Oftentimes, we want to be the most efficient. We want to do what is easy and what's... But that's not what Jesus calls us to. Jesus, and even in, through telling this story, the Samaritan doesn't do what's convenient. Convenient might have been caring for him on the side of the road and leaving him there. But the Samaritan takes him on a journey takes him to the inn and, and sets him up in the inn, bandages his wound and sets him up uh, in, in relationship even with the innkeeper to take care of him, being relational. 
And it's very clear throughout all of Jesus' ministry and how he reaches out to people that Jesus is highly relational. He's highly relational in uh, his ministry. And so for us, uh, if we look at these two different ideas of behave, belong, believe, and whether we're in or we're out on helping people, this is uh, kind of a recap and kind of a guide for us. If I'm out... We're like the Levite or the priest. If I'm out, it's behave or believe, one of those. You've got to either behave like me or you've got to believe like me. And if you do those things, then you belong. Then you can be part of our group and you can, we'll, we'll, we'll reach out to you. We'll, you, know, you can be on the in crowd. Now, the second half of that is if I'm in, we first, we went over this last week, everybody belongs. Everybody belongs. Doesn't matter what your past history is, what baggage you bring in. We all bring it in. We all bring our own baggage into the door. But we all belong. And then once we belong, we get to hang out with each other. We get to, you know, be a part of a, of a, a group of people that are worshiping God and, and seeking God in our lives. And we begin to believe. We begin to believe and, and, and understand how Christ wants to work in our life and what he wants to do how he wants us to reach out to other people, how he wants us to live our life. And, and, and the switch on this last blank is, it used to be behave, but that content is, is more along the lines of the Levite and the priest. Well, I gotta behave then. You know, and behave means I'm gonna do this certain way, I'm gonna act this certain way, I'm gonna reach out to people in this way, I'm gonna do these things. And instead of believe, it's become. Right, we belong, we believe, and then we become more like Jesus. We see his heart and we know what he's, what he's after and what he desires for us. We welcome, uh, we become more and more like Jesus when we begin to believe in him in our lives and trust in him. We begin to understand his teaching in his lives. We see uh, how his life was set as an example for us on how we're to leave, live. We see the opportunities that he's placed in front of us. Still probably ignore half of them or more, but we see the opportunities that he's placed in front of us. And Jesus gives this man a challenge, these three options. It's kind of a test that Jesus, you know, this guy stands up and wants to test Jesus, but, but he, Jesus turns around and then tests him because he knows even in his misguided heart, he knows that he's going to answer this correctly. He says this, Luke 10, 36. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now this is, this is where it gets good because uh, in diving into this text and really kind of dissecting, uh, dissecting it on Monday morning and looking into it, we had this new kind of awakening, this new view on it, this new idea behind it, because oftentimes we do want to be that Samaritan. And how we're to view Jesus' teaching and how he lays it out. The man, uh, probably a Pharisee who's challenging Jesus, uh, Jesus as well, uh, as well as the Levi and the, the priest in the story, would take this teaching that Jesus has and say, well, man, I could do that. I can act that out, and I can be uh, the Samaritan. 
Not if the teaching was coming from Jesus in this case, but, but it's something that I can do. And I can go and do likewise, like Scripture tells, that Jesus tells him. And the man originally uh, challenges him because he doesn't believe Jesus. And man, I think to myself, I could go and do that. I could go and do likewise. I could go and reach somebody. I can pick somebody up. I'm capable of that. I have enough resources to do that. I want to be the Samaritan. If I see a need, I'm able and capable of, of meeting it. But what happens is, is we don't have the why. Why we need to do this. And it's, it's in that believe piece. Why? Because over time, it just becomes, we become weary continuing to give and continue to hand out if we don't have the why behind it. By striving to be the Samaritan, we'll, we'll just be striving and we'll be tired and it will become worn down. And so Jesus really pleased to this man. And if you remember, this is the second time that Jesus pleased to him. I read the first one in Luke 28. He said to the man, well, yeah, you've answered correctly when he says to love the Lord your God with all your soul, heart, mind, strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, well, if you do that, you will, li you will live. Go and do this and you will live. That's Jesus' first plea. And, and then the guy challenges him again. And with his second plea, Jesus says that. Go and do likewise. So why is Jesus's, for us, why is Jesus' plea then for us? Why, why would we act a certain way? Why would we do the, the things that Jesus is calling us to do? Or why would we... Would we strive to just simply be the Samaritan, or is there a reason behind it? So here's the deal, church. You may be able to relate to the Levite uh, in that passing things by and that you just want to, to do more. Or maybe you can relate to the, the priest that, that maybe the people that you don't reach out to, they don't believe like you do or like the Levite. They don't, they don't behave like I do. But Jesus' plea for us isn't because we're the priest or the Levite, even though we might relate to them. And we might even relate to the guy that's challenging Jesus. You know, like, really, God? I mean, how often do you really want me to do that? Is that really how you want me to reach out? Because that's not too comfortable for me. That actually sounds kind of tough. It breaks down some of what I am comfortable doing. So maybe you can relate to them. But Jesus' plea is not for us to break from um, believing or behaving or acting like the Levite or the priest or even relating to the, uh, the uh, man who's challenging Jesus. Jesus' plea for us is because we are the man in the road. We are the man in the road. We are the ones. We are the ones left on our own. We are the ones that Jesus first reached out to ourselves. Oftentimes we play the role, like I said, David in slaying the giant, or in this case the Samaritan. But do we miss the point in the lesson if we're striving to do that? It's, it isn't about behaving a certain way or believing or even if we belong. It's about becoming more like Christ. And it's the truth that when we were first far from God, Christ reached out to us. And he picked us up. And he cared for us. While we were still sinners, God sent Jesus to die for us. 
Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, we're all on the same journey. And I mean, we're all on the same journey. We're all on the same journey that are in here. And even the people that are outside of here are on the same journey as we are. They just haven't experienced Christ yet. That's it. We're all on the same journey to experience Christ. Those that have not seen Christ are the same as us. There is no us or them. And the thinking behind this uh, ship is that they just haven't encountered Jesus yet. And now where we sit, having experienced Christ pick us up out of our situation and bring meaning to our life, we are now charged with the challenge to bring that to others. To show his love and his call that he had for us by reaching out to other people. By reaching out and caring for anybody that we're capable of caring for. No barriers, no no boundaries. One of the mottos that I had, uh, my, my whole walk with Christ started in Young Life. And Young Life's motto, is a, it's a high school Christian ministry. I came to know the Lord at 18 after going to Young Life for a few years. And their motto is reaching the kids who are far out. The furthest kid out, that's the kid I'm going after. As Young Life leaders, I remember teaching that to my Young Life to my leaders as a coordinator, I was like, hey, we want to reach those kids that are far from God. Because when we go out there and do that, we bring others along with them. And so that's the same thing in this situation. We want to reach those who are far from God. So our core commitment uh, that we looked at this morning is to consistently be reaching out to people who are far from God. Not to behave or to act like a certain way or based on what we believe, but because it was set forth as an example for us. It was set forth as an example to us by Christ who first reached out to us. Let's pray.